0: And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Positive Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon. I hope that you're all well and are having a great day. And I know, as a matter of fact, I get the chance to talk to my friend Eric. And, Eric, I just wanted to say, you know, you've got one of those jobs that is just, I don't know, You're happy all the time, but it's also a joyful experience. And I know that when you go home every day from work, as you're driving in your car to where you live, you're saying to yourself, man, I've had a joyful day. Life has just been wonderful for me today, right? Oh, you know me all too well. (laughs) Well, that's that's really so, cool because some days uh, I do more of that than other days. Let's put it that way. Some days uh, I'm not quite so centered. That's because you're called a human being, and because that sometimes by we most have people, pretty, by, <laughs> <laughs> some by people who use who, other terms. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> by people who love and care for you, they they uh, you you're, you're a great guy, and I I really appreciate you working on the show and doing what you do for us. It's awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and by the way, if you are, if you like what we do here on positive talk radio, if you believe in the mission uh, that we are doing here, which is to make the planet a better place and to help each other thrive and to live well, that's why we have the guests that we have on today. But first I'm going to let you know that you can join my team. If you want to go to positivetalkradio.net. There are ways that you can sponsor us that you can work with us and and uh it would be a great uh pl- privilege and honor to have you join our team so we do that when <clears throat> we do this excuse me as a public service so this is commercial free so we get to talk with our guest for the next 55 minutes or so and it's going to be commercial free and we're going to have a really good time i want to introduce to our audience she's been here before But if you didn't catch that show, you can catch this show because you're already right there. And by the way, if you're sitting in your car and you're on your way home from work and you're thinking to yourself, why do I feel this way when I come home from work? Why aren't I happy? Why aren't I not joyful at the job that I have? The young lady that we have today is going to be talking about that. She's an author she is uh, you've seen Anne Scott Scotland is her name she's a star of national and international films she's been on uh, commercials she's got a popular Twitter magazine called at surprisingly enough at Anne Scotland which receives more than two and a half million that's million viewers a month which by the way is 30 million a year and i think that's more than the, the population of like california or some silly thing so you know it's she's got she's she's got a lot going on because she's got a real positive attitude about life and what she does and and not only is she an actress of note but she is also like an i said an author of live for joy and she's also got a series of of things and you can follow along with us by going to annscotland.com that's annscotland.com if you're driving i don't recommend it but if you if you are not driving i highly recommend that you go look at her website there's tons of stuff there there's even a former episode of this here radio show that she was on and uh, we're so happy that she's here and how are you this fine day
1: i am just grateful to be here again i'm back seattle
0: (laughs) (laughs) and by the way even though this is audio i have to tell you she is wearing a very fashionable hat and she she looks the part she's she really is um someone that that is working to to help the planet live a more joyful existence and i guess i'll start with the the question that you get i probably every interview you ever do is what's the difference between joy and happiness
1: Uh the question the big question well they're cousins right you can't just exclude one from the other but for my for my purposes um i define joy and happiness a little bit differently to me happiness is Binary. Either you are happy or you aren't. Because we learn from social media, from advertising, from everything else that it's all about where you're at or what you have that makes you happy. You know, who are you dating right now? Or uh, what kind of car are you driving? Are you still driving that old jalopy or you got that new Audi? Like, so are you like, and you feel like you have to be happy if you have things and it's very material based. So either you are or you aren't. It's kind of binary. Um, And I think it's really unfortunate because it's kind of warped the meaning of happiness a little bit. Joy, on the other hand, I see as 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 a very deep internal thing. You know, when you watch little babies just giggle and laugh because they just don't know that the world can be a hard place yet.
0: (laughs) That that is the most adorable laughter that you will ever hear. It it (laughs) makes people laugh. Uh, It does. Yep.
1: It does. and. um I even watch those, I'm just confessing here. I even watch those toddler videos. I don't and I don't have kids. I watch those toddler laughing videos sometimes. I do on YouTube, (laughs) or just so I can see their laugh because it does make me laugh. But joy is something that's like much more deep and organic. And it's something that I think every human being is born with or most human beings are born with that birthright of joy. And as we grow older and more cynical and more tired and bored and annoyed, we kind of feel like either we don't deserve it anymore or that it's not accessible to us or we've lost it. But what I teach is it's actually still in there. And I like to say, let's peel back the onion a bit and find it because who would want to live a boring, drab, miserable life if you could be joyful in any circumstances?
0: you know i think the pandemic has gone first of all to be sure the pandemic has been difficult for everybody and it's been it's been hard for us but one of the positive things that's come out of the pandemic i think and i'd like your opinion on this is that people are not willing to settle like they once were people are saying i don't know that i want to go back there because i didn't find joy i wasn't happy with what i was doing and i wasn't joyful in the expression of it do you find that to be the case
1: yeah i think so which is why i also do corporate consulting and they say how do we keep our employees (laughs) i'm like well let's talk about that we can uh help them become more joyful human beings and then they might feel a little more joyful at work and make that environment more joyful but absolutely i think it was kind of a reality check for all of us. And um, partly, what is my quality of life? What is my purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? And if you're working a job that just gives you absolutely no joy, but you live in a nice house, is that worth it? Um, You know, I've met some very amazing people all around this globe, rich people, famous people, people with nothing, very poor, barely the shirt on their back. And I've met more happy people with barely a shirt on their back than I have rich and famous in Hollywood. I can tell you that. So joy is not just about what you have. And uh, people are starting to finally realize that I think,
0: you know, the um, question that I'm hearing all the time of late, there are two questions. Well, the first, the first one is Is this all there is? There has to be more. I can't believe it it really, is this it? Is this all I get? And the other one is, why am I here? What am I here to do? What am I passionate about? And do you find that those two questions are uh, paramount on a lot of people's minds?
1: Yeah, with that first one, I really thought you were Gen Z there for a minute, but. (laughs) I work with a lot of those great people, and they are definitely often searching. Um, But yeah, I think this is on everyone's mind. I think um, for the older crowd, right, it's kind of like, I've lived this long, I've worked this hard, and I kept thinking I would get somewhere with my happiness, with my joy, Um, like a a level of contentment, a level of being satisfaction with life, right? Right. Satisfaction doesn't mean settling, by the way. Satisfaction and contentment, other people are terrified. Really motivated people are terrified by the word contentment, because they think that that means they're just going to like turn into a blob and do nothing for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just content, I'm just gonna stay in this space and float. No, it's so much more about being very present in the moment and learning to do that. So yeah, what is the meaning? What is the purpose? And that is a lot of what I do in my work with my clients, with my coaching, with my retreats, with my writing, which is, yeah, let's redefine our vision and purpose and let's really fuel that once we identify it with the power of joy as really a new idea.
0: You know, I was looking at your website and one of the things that you say on your website, which I think is very true, is happiness can be an external thing, but joy always comes from within. Is that true?
1: Yes, it is. I love that one. It's in the book too. You see the book behind me here.
0: Yes, which is called "Live for Joy." By the yes. way, I highly recommend that you pick it up.
1: <laughs> Live for joy, um, and it's 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 really a joy because it's a piece of it's a piece of artwork. It's a full experience, not just words on the page. They're all short original quotes by yours truly with um international art photography um if you got yours yet kevin because if you don't i need to make sure that happens so you have to talk to me after the show
0: well we'll we'll hook up we'll, yes. <laughs>
1: Something's gonna happen here. Um but and I, and it's on the website, which is, and I'll spell that for those of you who are driving, it's not Scotland like the country, it's Scotlin, L-I-N. So A-N-N-E-S-C-O-T-T-L-I-N. But um, but yeah, how can we how can we find that purpose and then how can we redefine it with joy? And you got you got my mind working already on Eric when when you're opening. <laughs> like, how can we make Eric's commute more joyful? <laughs>
0: well he he actually lives a little ways away and if you've been in traffic oh. in seattle it it can oh. be less than a joyful experience
1: oh well i know i was in your lovely city where i was also born as i think i told you last time yep. i was in your lovely city on saturday um, and it was a spectacular day saturday I was just at the, at SeaTac, but I went outside for five minutes and I was just like, this is the, the quintessential, beautiful Seattle day
0: and just so you know i won't tell you exactly where but i live within five minutes of the airport so <laughs> the next time you come by i'm gonna have to come by and and
1: okay and, and if i get a, a layover because sometimes i fly out of international there i'll have you come over for a coffee
0: <laughs> absolutely that would that would that would be that would be terrific because you know in your life you know okay there's going to be somebody out there there always is that's going to say oh yeah sure Anne's beautiful she's been an actor she's done movies. She's got a career in, in, in this. And she, and she does the genius of joy and she's got all of this. And of course, she's joyful. She's got nothing bad has ever happened to her. She's always, you know, upbeat and positive and, and, and it's always perfect, but that's, that's really not necessarily. So is it?
1: No, it is not. So, um, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you, um, my drive to be find joy and have it in my own life, and then share it, has been a lifelong process. Through, in some ways, I've been fortunate. I wasn't born rich, but I, you know, I have met really good people in my life. I've made most of my own opportunities, though. That's hard work, and it's not always joyful work um i've met a lot of people in you know in 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 the field of acting and movies and production and a lot of those people are working hard or they're not often working which is a big problem actors is like the the highest overstocked industry in the world <laughs> there's like in, a in, thousand in, actors for every role that says here would you like coffee <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and and just as for those of you who may not know Um, I, uh, I, when I was young, I wanted to be an actor and, uh, I was told by my drama coach that, um, it's, it's a hard way to make a living. And if to get in there, take this in, if you would, ladies and gentlemen, to get into the screen actors guild, which is the union that you have to be a member of to, to really work and, and to get paid well that in order to get into that union you have to have had a speaking part in a production of some kind now in order to get a speaking part in a production of some kind you have to be a member of the screen actors guild so it's a catch-22 <laughs> and then on top of that when you make it into the screen actors guild there is, uh, I believe, about 25, at least there were at that time, 25 or 30,000 members of the Screen Actors
1: Yeah, I think scale. we're about 250,000 now.
0: And of those, uh, probably, I'm going to be real generous and say 20,000 of them make a living as an actor.
1: Yeah, it's very it's very low. It's the, um, uh, you know, and I hate to say it because it's an industry I'm passionate about, but it, it has the highest unemployment of, uh, of any... Um, help me here. Guild. What am I trying to say? Union. Union. Thank you. I just went blank there. Highest unemployment rate of any union in the country. Obviously, because of that ratio is is so low. Um. So you know, you talk about that's that's a hard place to live, and it's not always fun. And I I dealt with years of depression there. I also enjoyed a lot of the work I was able to do, but it's it's a very brutal business, and What's interesting is that often people like myself who have a real heart for humanity and want to tell a story and want to open people up in an emotional way and let them like breathe and feel and laugh and cry, we're really sensitive kind of people often. We're kind of have this sensitive instrument we say. Um, And then you go into one of the most brutal um, dog eat dog environments (laughs) Um, to try to independently ply your wares, which is you. (laughs) So it is crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, I, I haven't always been joyful. In fact, a lot of it is very weird. Um, I'll keep it to very short stories. So my childhood, it was a very unusual one. I was homeschooled in a very isolated place for a very long time. Um, no TV, no radio, no fiction, no schools. Um, I was in a very religious family. And you know, one of those, one of those side effects of doing your religion right is being really joyful. But the truth of it was, no matter how hard I tried to do everything right, I wasn't always joyful. And then you kind of lapsed into that feeling of guilt and failure. And so I had to, at some point, I was like, okay, later in life, I was like, there has to be a way to access, you know, these, these scientific <laughs> hormones in our bodies, these joy elements to express joy, to feel joy, to regenerate with joy. And if you're religious, awesome. And if you're not, that's okay too. But let's find tools to help everybody be joyful because you know what? It is the universal language of this world. There's no one on the planet that you can't share a smile or a laugh with or connect with. You don't have to speak their same language. You don't have to agree with their politics. You don't have to agree with where they live. You don't have to agree with their religion, any of it. But you can connect through a smile, through laughter, through expressions of joy, through, you know, 10 people from different places, laughing at the same puppy, you know, chasing, chasing the chickens around the yard, whatever it is. Right. (laughs) Can you tell I came from the country now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can. But let me, let me circle back around it. No TV, no radio. How How did you survive that?
1: A lot of depression, which I think is a really authentic answer um, partly when you're that sheltered, you don't know that you're that sheltered. I mean, you kind of do, but it, I was, it was from birth up. So I didn't really, it wasn't like I experienced quote unquote, the real world and then had it taken away. So you develop a very lopsided view of others and of the world and who good people are and who bad people are. And your agenda for life becomes very myopic of what you're expected to do. And in this case, you know, almost exclusively to promote your own belief system, right. On other people Uh, again, and I'm not, I'm not shaming religion in any way. I'm just saying anything to an extreme can be an unhealthy space. And for a child who has no other exposure to the world, it can be, It's been a, it was hard to wrestle out of that. And that took me well into my twenties. It was a long time.
0: And I have to, I have to ask you this question and I'll preface it by saying this, I went to a parochial school until I was in my eighth grade. I went to school with the same 14 kids for the entire eight years, there were uh eight boys and and uh six girls and and so that was that was it now, take me then, and then I go to to um, high school in ninth grade at Juanita High School in Kirkland and it was an experimental school at the time and there were more kids there than I had ever seen in my entire life, and I was like. It was like craziness and so when you were you were homeschooled till you were 15. Mm -hmm. so when you came out of that into the world what was that like for you
1: well it was just a little tiny step because what i did was i was permitted to join a very religious school for high school um that had 70 students in the whole high school.
0: So you know what I'm talking about. So
1: my next four years, though, as opposed to elementary or middle, my next my four years of high school was also in a, in a very tiny environment of like minded people as in parents like mine sent their kids there. So while well, you started occasionally hearing the, you know, the pop song, or, you know, you know kind of learning that there were certain things and called fashion and trends and like i had never worn makeup in my life i didn't know how to use a curling iron i was you know a real bumpkin truly
0: <laughs> that's been a long time since i've needed a curling there are iron, pictures tell to you.
1: prove it that are locked far far away <laughs>
0: But okay, so now getting out of high school. Where, where, so let me ask you, where was it when then this great awakening of all these people showed up, of different face, different, different. Uh, they look differently. They they love people differently, and all of that. That must have been a shock to your system.
1: Yeah. So then I took a slightly bigger step <laughs> and <laughs> went uh, across the country to the south. To um, it was a liberal arts college, but basically a Bible college um that had maybe 2500 students which was the most people i'd ever seen in my life in that particular instance uh, and did four years and did my four years there including studying religion as one of my degrees so i was still very much immersed and in that culture both in my you know in my religious culture as well as southern culture to a certain extent at least when i was there getting married young was like, the thing to do the norm, the highly encouraged. So before I even graduated from college, I had already gotten married the first time.
0: Oh man, that would, that would be something. Well, you know, and I was reading your bio and one of the things that you, and I'm a bit of a history above myself. One of the things that you majored in or got a degree in was medieval history.
1: Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I did, uh, one of my undergrad degrees was in history and then my graduate degree was in, um, ancient and medieval history. Um, This is really interesting. So I had had always had a fascination with sort of ancient history, because uh, it overlaps into the history of our major religions, it was already part of what I was, quote unquote, sort of allowed to study. So I ended up studying religion, and then also studying history. And in college, that was the first time where I started seeing that not everything was as I had been told from one point of view. And so even in college, I was I was still very much on the straight and narrow, but I was having a lot of um, struggles in my mind to reconcile things. You know, um, I mean, just Europe, medieval Europe, right? Catholics and Protestants, you know, and everyone always wants to have the good guy and the bad guy, and you're raised a certain way. And then you're like, well, wow, wait a minute, but these keep- people also killed these people, <laughs> And they did what? And you know, pretty soon you're like, oh, that wasn't quite what I thought it was. So, you know, the cat started getting one paw out of the box at that point.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, I I wanted to ask you about medieval history because uh, I, you know, I'm really unclear on this point, but when King Arthur pulled the sword out of the stone, how did he do, well, wait a minute. I guess that's, that would be mythology.
1: Yes, I would say he could do anything because he was a legend. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so 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 you your life has been a progression out of all of those things and and you became really uh, how did you from a a perspective of having that kind of a life how could you how did you become an actress (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a good question. I'm going to step back one because you mentioned the medieval history and I didn't really answer your last last question fully. So when I had to write um my thesis for me- ancient medieval for medieval history, um I have of course was always motivated by strong women characters sure. partly because I grew up in an environment where that wasn't encouraged. Uh and in, in many many ways. So I was but it's like, I was born, you know, like you're born, I believe you're born with joy inside you. I was born with a personality that was a strong woman <laughs> and put in an environment where that wasn't okay. So all my heroes were strong women, you know, past, present. And so I did my thesis on medieval women writers because I love to write. And that uh, and it, it turned out to be an award-winning thesis that I was very proud of. Uh, so again, I was talking about how do you make your way in the world? How do you find your joy against all odds? because you know in medieval times the most writing a woman a woman was really supposed to be able to do was to be able to do enough math and notes to manage the household pantry and to occasionally write correspondence to like other women or their sons or something. That was it. They weren't allowed to write books, they weren't allowed to publish books. That was, you know, actually physically risky
0: when i gotta ask you because in the in medieval times even on stage in acting all the female characters were actually played by men is that correct
1: well in shakespeare's time um yes they as far as we know women weren't allowed to act and if they were it was very much like the peripheral stage where you would never let your good daughters go to watch Um, (laughs) maybe the traveling show but in general yeah on the what was considered then the legitimate stage yeah the all the women's parts were also played by men so and it's interesting now because i've seen some of the shakespearean classics coming out in and on theater and, and uh, on the screen with reversed roles now with some of the women playing men's parts which is really fun just to see the switch up but i digress <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that would that, that that would be fun that would yeah be fun. yeah So keep keep going.
1: Oh, yeah. So how did I become an actor? So when uh, I was doing my graduate work um, about the time I was graduating because I was going to I wanted to be a professor of history at the time because I love story. Right. I love people. I love story. I love kind of like the incredible game that our minds are. Um, I love sociology. And so I thought being a professor would be something I would really enjoy doing, and I ended up graduating, getting out of graduate school right smack dab in the middle of the recession around 2008 2009, and they were laying off the PhDs at this point that had been working in universities for 10 15 years um, in many cases. So there were negative zero. Is that a number? I don't do math.
0: All jobs. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was there was less than one.
1: There was one jobs and even if you could get a job at community college and teach like four classes a semester the pay was unbelievably low like you couldn't live on it and i was in california at the time and it was, it was you couldn't live on it literally so um, one day I saw on one of those bulletin boards for anyone who went to college, university, you know, and all those, all those classroom halls. And there's usually like a pegboard at the end of the hall. It's got right. all these yellow and purple and all. Some people have stapled things in other people use thumbtacks. It's just this big mess and on there. There was an audition uh, audition casting call for a play. And I was like, hmm, well, I don't have anything else to do right now. So maybe I should go check that out. Maybe on acting would be a good way to make a lot of money. I think. <laughs> Speaking of what you said before, which is <laughs> but anyway. What,
0: what we don't know is okay. You know, know, we can that. we can dream.
1: So it was a while, it was a small production that I was auditioning for. So I went, I'd never been on an audition in my life, although I did write my first play when I was 10. And of course I starred in it and it was a very course. small deal at home. In homeschool, <laughs> but anyway,
0: you were um, you and your classmate.
1: Me and my classmate. Um, so I went in, and turns out it was for the ancient Greek classic play about strong women called *Lysistrata*, uh, women who women are going purpose. to try to save their their nation, their Greek nation. Um, from men who were not fulfilling all their duties and keeping it strong and getting distracted by fighting each other and doing all these other things. Well, I was like, Oh, my goodness, here's this ancient literature play about, you know, ancient history, which, you know, it's a play, but I love. And I was like, Why not so I tried out I tried out for the lead role, and I got it. (laughs) i had never been in an acting class in my entire life. (laughs) I had never been on an audition before. So I basically signed up for one of the hardest things I'd ever done in my life. And let me say, this wasn't a modern trans translation. This wasn't like the modern English version of (laughs) this was kind of, how do I say it? It's basically like reading Shakespearean English. It's very awkward. There's no flow. It's not like a normal TV show. So That massive script, memorizing that as my first project was insanely crazy. But I had a lot of fun. And after that, I thought, hey, that was kind of cool. Maybe I should look into getting an agent. Maybe I should look into getting headshots. And what's this sag thing? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was in the San Francisco Bay Area at the time, and then eventually ended up moving down to LA. But I think, Kevin, I think this is why. I think unbeknownst to me in a certain way from my background. And at this point I had been divorced in a very unfortunate circumstances. And I felt like I had never in my life been given a voice. I'd never been allowed to express myself. I'd never allowed to be my own person and to fully be independent. And I felt like acting was giving me this opportunity, like this hat, you could put on the hat and become anybody. And then you had permission to behave however your character wanted to or was supposed to behave um, in the sense that you could you could get raging angry. And I came from a place where like anger wasn't permitted at home. Um, you they had to teach me to say the occasional bad word because I literally couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can only imagine me up on stage and like, and you have to say it. I'm like, I don't want to.
0: <laughs> it's a bad word.
1: It's like it's in the script. You have to. <laughs> um, so that was a that became an adventure of, I think partly finding myself, but also a great outlet for. Always have had the crazy active imagination, super creative, loved writing, loved people, loved stories, loved history. So, it was a very natural fit in many ways
0: and fast forward you know we we'll, we we'll, we can talk about you know the famous people you've met and who's nice and who's naughty, but i don't think we need to go there um but uh so let's see fa- some
1: pics on my imdb page <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly and uh, and she's got agents in uh, four different places it's pretty amazing and and stuff yeah. so you Very are you perfect. are you are really busy doing that, but I, but I want to make sure that we don't run out of time because you're doing something this weekend that is really really cool. What are you doing? It
1: is it is really cool. So this weekend, um, I am co-running a treat with a professional colleague of mine uh, in at Anna Maria Island in Sarasota, Florida. It's uh, May one through six, and it's a re- it's a it's a whole retreat about personal development and finding your joy. Can you imagine anything more great than that? we uh, It's a small number of people. its We got this luxurious, massive beast, beach house, borderline mansion house that we're going to do it in okay. and have a chef. And it opens up onto this huge pool. It's right on the beach. So we're going to unwind and get out of our everyday environments and then do some heart exploration. And just what you said before. What is why am i here what is my purpose what is the meaning of life is this all there is and can i find a more abundant way to live can i find a space of joy that would make what i have left of my life a really fantastic experience
0: and you're facilitating this right
1: yes i am
0: that which am is which is awesome by the way go to an scotland and that sc dot com. and you can get more information about that she's also got other other um uh, things that you can th- other th- i really need to explain how to do that and other other programs and other events that you're going to be doing and it's really is exciting that uh, thank you, you.
1: thank and- you i really appreciate that yeah and if you have any if anyone has questions you can send me that message form. I hate those things. But if you look closely, my, my email address is actually typed on it. So don't bother with the, the, the internet <laughs> form and just email me already.
0: Um, that's that's and, how you're getting around the system.
1: That's how I'm getting around. I hate those things. I'm like, I want to have a, a, a for, I want to be able to write as much. I want to be able to attach things. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone has any interest in that. And uh, this particular one just happens to be because of my colleague, um, a, a women's retreat but we are planning on doing many more and all inclusive. Um, So anything you have, any suggestions, ideas, if you're in a place like Seattle and you would like to have one shout out to me. And I think we actually have one spot left, even in Sarasota. So if you want to jump on a plane and join us Sunday night on the beach, (laughs) in a mansion
0: (laughs) by the pool,
1: I'm saying with a chef, I'm saying,
0: (laughs) You know, I I wanted to ask you too, because you work with both men and women, Mm -hmm. but do you find that men are a bigger challenge to get them to open up and uh, feel the joy that's within them? Uh, Are they, are we closed to that? Because it's, it's not manly for us to do that.
1: Well, my husband regularly tells me that he is my greatest source material. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, to be married to you. Wouldn't that be a pleasure?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're so lucky to have me because I give you the ultimate challenge of joy. (laughs) Yes, it's true he's an absolutely darling, wonderful, huge hearted man. Um, absolutely love him. But you know, some of us are literally born and this is scientifically proven. Some of us are born a little bit glass half full and others are born a little glass half empty. And then on top of that, we get whatever life brings us and hands out. And it also our personalities, our health, our, you know, our overall mindset, there's so many attributes to happiness and joy. But to answer your question, I think, uh yeah, I think that men are a little slower to come out and express those things. But lately, and this is interesting that you asked this because I think kind of after COVID, I have seen a lot of guys becoming a little more accessible. I think because of what's been going on in their mind. And of course I like a challenge. So <laughs> I love working with all my male clients because yeah, I'm like, oh hey, yeah, give you two sessions. You'll be good. You'll you we'll get it, we'll get you to open up in a in a way that makes you joyful. I think it can be different. I think it really depends on so much of what your life has been like. Um, you know, there's a lot of women who might open up quickly, but then there's some who are very reserved. And you know, that's a like that's a legitimate question to throw out there too. How do you how do you help and teach? I'm asking you all this. How do you help and teach a very shy person to experience joy?
0: Now, there's a good question. I don't right? know. Yeah.
1: Cause I've encountered a few people recently and I thought, you know, how do I, how do you, how do you, well, you see me here. I'm just this, I'm bubbly. I'm, this is how it
0: goes. You're just like all over the place. You're just, you're, you're, and you've got lots of energy and, and, and you're wonderful yeah. to be around.
1: So I think listening is the the primary answer to that question, but it's always, it's always a challenge and interesting to see how people relate. And it's so beautiful at, you know, some of these retreats, you know, last time I was on, I had just got back from the Bahamas of watching people kind of unfold like a flower. You know, they came in the door, like this tight, tight bud that was never going to open. And by the end, they're just... It's incredible to watch that kind of transformation. And just watching that alone is enough for me. If I never was in, don't tell my agents because I do want to be in another other movie. <laughs> if I was never in another movie, <laughs> if I never published another book, if I, you know, just being there with people on that exploration journey where they see life through a whole new set of glasses. Um, and it's down to earth. It's not a bunch of fake stuff. It's not a bunch of formulas. It's not some kind of cult appeal real simple steps that can make their life joyful and make them more successful. That's enough for me. That makes me so happy. Like that gives me joy. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think in, in the times that we're living in with COVID and the numbers of people that have been seriously impacted and have passed away. And I maybe it's just me, but I'm noticing more and more that people my age, because I'm, I'm just young and spry and all that. But, a lot of guys my age are passing away and i think the message is getting out to people that don't wait yes don't do what you love to do today and and make it work somehow
1: yes i'm so glad you said that because um between my husband and i and between our friends and family we lost a lot of people the last couple years including his father i mean close people And, um, and then some of our extended friends and family who were in their early 50s, seems just so young to, to have to be, and some of them, it wasn't even COVID. It just seemed like it was a really rough year for the, for both of us with a couple years with losing people and really giving you, um, food for thought. Now, here's an interesting thing about that, because yeah, I told you a little bit about my husband, so he'll be he'll, he'll be on the show one day. <laughs>
0: he'll, he'll be thrilled.
1: <laughs> he'll be on the show one day. No, oh, he loves it. But um, how people react differently to that. Mm-hmm. So his reaction was, I want to retire sooner than I planned. You know, let's start planning for, and you know, let's make it happen that in five years, ten years, whatever. I want to do a really early retirement. I want to be done. I just want to protect. I want to. Be with my my family, with you, with our dogs, in our home, and just enjoy what life we have left. And then the way it went to me, having been cooped up for two years, which was extraordinarily painful for me, was, oh my goodness, I'm out of here! Like I am. Like since they let let us out, I've you know basically been traveling nonstop. I just got home from Greece on Sunday, and now I'm leaving on Friday again. Um, I'm just like, I want to go out there and live and be like, what is meaningful to me? Yes. It's my family. Yes. It's my dogs. Yes. It's my husband. Yes. It's my home. But I also have like, I want to kick up my heels a bit. Still. I want to like shake things up. I want to make an impact on the world. And I'm not going to do that just sitting at home. In most cases, I'm going to have to get up and get out there. So I think we all manifest differently what it means to have a happy and fulfilling life and that's something i we take into account when i work with my clients everyone's got a different go-to
0: exactly now you mentioned that you were not really good at math so i'm going to throw one at you okay. and see what you think i am now older than my older brother
1: okay so he must be your stepbrother.
0: no no he passed away <laughs> <laughs> So he passed away. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's
1: like uh, a trick. That's like a bad trick question.
0: Yeah, it really is. I just made it up myself. And I'm going to start using that. <laughs> Since it uh, but, was you
1: that did it, I'm okay with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, um, no, he was 18 months older than me and wow. he passed away obviously more than 18 months ago.
1: Yeah, that's um, weird, right?
0: Yeah, and he was 64.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: my best friend from high school was 64. And he passed away. So my, my advice to end, and by the way, I'm here to tell you I'm living the time of my life. Yes. This is the most dynamic, wonderful time I've ever been in existence because quite frankly, because I get to talk to you and I get to bring people to you like you to the Seattle market to talk about God darn it. Live in joy. You don't have that long to be here. You can have fun you can you can live in joy and you can spread that to other people
1: absolutely i mean okay, positive talk radio is like was like the most i i got so excited when i even heard that you that it existed and that you were doing this i was like this is amazing yeah really living because you know um it seems a little morbid to say say sort of like live every day as if it was your last because we all have to plan and we all have bills and mortgages and all that stuff so you do have to plan a little bit but in your heart in your expression of your life in how you prioritize your time and your money how do you really live how do you really live now like you're living out your dream in a way right now on this show bringing healing hope and happiness to 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 your community to the world um that's that's a great place to be and then it's not really our decision when you know our card is called right or however you want to say that um so when it's time i'm going to be okay with it because i lived it i don't regret anything that I, anything i might have regretted i've learned from so i don't regret it and i'm like going for it you know
0: exactly it's like uh i always say our expiration date is on the bottom of your foot and since I can't see the bottom of my feet, it's a good <laughs> mystery for me.
1: <laughs> that's, one of those good, that's, good, that's one of those good mixer questions, which is if you could, if you could know what if you had the ability to find out when you were going, when your expiration, what date was and you had the option to know or not know, what would you choose? That's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those dark party questions, right? Would you?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's have a good time and talk about. Would you, you want to know, or do you not want to know? I personally I would not want to know. Personally, I, I, quite frankly, I don't care because I'm going to have every. I'm going to live every day
1: absolutely
0: with with fun and joy in my heart. Now, I'm told. Now, this is positive talk radio, and I'm told that when I was two years old, and I was in the playpen. My grandmother told me this she'd say you were such a happy baby you just we would just walk by and and pick you up and say hi and put you down and you say okay next time i see you is great and stuff and i and i grew up relative so maybe that's part of my dna i don't know
1: mm-hmm. well this is a big this is a big part of it um there's you know we all <laughs> i'm gonna do some promotion here that doesn't help me at all but if you don't mind i'm going to share the name of a book That's not my own.
0: Please, if it will help my audience, you may say anything. It will
1: absolutely help your audience. So what I said is that biologically, like genetically, some of us were all born with different chemical ratios that predispose us towards happier personality or more discontent. So there's actually that's how you're born. You get a little advantage or disadvantage in that department, then you have life on top of that. So a very happy baby could have a very unfortunate life and be an unhappy person or vice versa. Um, but there's this really great book, um, scientific book by Mark Wolin, spelled W O. L-Y-N-N. That's really hard for this person to read. W-O-L-Y-N-N, Wollin, Mark Wollen. And it's called, It Didn't Start With You. I'm showing you the book here. It's called, It Didn't Start With You. And it's an incredible book, a, a journey that helps. Ex- he explains how um, our gene expression and neuroscience is more than just our biology. It even goes deeper into our personality and even into almost a weird mental memory from other relatives we've had, from parents, from grandparents, and experiences they've had. Uh, So won't go too far out there, but he's very scientific. So we're not, it's not woo-woo at all. And he has a lot of case studies in there. But if you ever feel like, you know, I have, you know, kind of done everything right, but then I still really suffer. I always get really depressed around a certain time of year. Or I have a really weird phobia of something that makes absolutely zero sense. Maybe you've had therapy for it and you work on it, but literally it just makes no sense. This is a great book to read because I I learned some things about some of my own habits and issues and phobias um, that were basically inherited. And I had no idea that that was even a thing. So I love it didn't start with you. It takes a lot of pressure off.
0: It really does. It really does. If you, if you, if you're okay with the fact that, that genetically speaking, um, it's, it comes down from your ancestors, Mm -hmm. which by the way, if you to take a little bit more of the woo woo side of it Mm -hmm. would be that that's one of the reasons why you were born into this line of succession, because it has the degree of things that you want to work on in this life. Mm -hmm. and, And that can be part of your overall, overall mission. While you're here,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm only chuckling because I absolutely agree with you. And, so, <laughs> and something that I told my husband last week I said, and this is the Joy Gal, that's me, right? I said, golly, D, if there's a next life, it's going to be freaking amazing because I have had to do so much work in this one. <laughs> Like every single thing has been uphill and, uh, but, but then it makes me even motivated and I don't have a firm grasp on the future or the afterlife personally, even, but I'm like, if there was such a thing then I would still be wanting to be go for it hundred percent and learning the lessons now, cause God oh, dang it. I don't want to have to learn them again.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. You don't you don't want to be a repeat, uh, uh, repeat offender and doing the same things all the time.
1: Let's just do it and get it over with. Let's get it done. Do the work. And I think what's really amazing about the work I do. And you know, even if someone chooses to read Mark Wolin's book is regardless of your predispositions or how life has treated you, there are tools, techniques, processes, simple, simple, achievable things that can really transform and change your life. And You know, maybe that means for someone who's severe clinical anxiety and depression, they're also seeing a mental health professional, but almost everything we teach a mental health professional would definitely approve of and say, you should, you know, do these things because you can, you can turn the tables, you can turn the tide. So if you ever think that, you know, every once in a while I get a lost cause, or for me, one of my, you know, Achilles heel, and there's some definite genetics there, it's clear. Is depression. Then uh, every once in a while, you're like, "It's just what's the you know what's the point? It's so hard. I don't know if I can ever fix it enough to be happy." Don't don't buy into that because there is there is a way, and there are people who love to help you, like me and like Kevin and so many others. It's don't give up because there is joy for you yet, and I don't care how old you are. Even some of the most joyful people I've met and some of the grumpiest have been (laughs) some very elderly people. I used to, one of the things that my parents did do is they would used to take us to the nursing homes to sing. (laughs) Yes. I have lots of fond memories of all of that. Sights and smells and everything's traumatizing, but anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) but there was such a mixture of people from just, you know, the most discontent and grumpy, miserable human beings to some of the happiest, most free and joyful people I've still ever met. And if you ever want a real pick me up, just jump on YouTube and search. Um, um, what are they called? The hundred year old people? I just
0: get them right out of oh, my head. Cent- centurions or c-
1: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, but I know that's not right. Can that's probably know? not right. Yeah. <laughs> um, centenarians, I think. Uh, you you just search that on YouTube. You want to cheer up and feel better about your circumstances. There's video after video of video after video of these hundred year old people that are being interviewed about their life and what they would have done differently. And some of these people are so joyful and happy to this day with all their aches and pains at that age with so many people they've lost. So if you want to pick me up, go watch those videos. Because seriously, when you're done, you're kind of like, I, you you don't have
0: any excuses. Exactly. And you know, since you mentioned that I I had to bring this up because the other day I was, I was uh, in in the news, it was like the oldest man in the woman or the oldest man in the world dies. And I'm saying to myself, well, that's good news for somebody because now they're the oldest person in the world. So it might not be for very long, but you know, there are ways that you can look at life with a little bit of humor and a little ah, bit of
1: laughter yes and so now because you've made me do it i'm gonna pull my book off the shelf <laughs> <God>. because <laughs> i have to tell you one of my favorite chapters which is the last chapter chapter 12 so this is 285 color illustrated pages
0: and this is live for joy the book. live
1: for joy you can find it on the website or amazon or on amazon the last chapter is called uh learn to love the endings ah learn to love the endings and it's really one of my very favorite favorites um because a lot of times the endings are just an initiation they're, they're rituals of new beginnings even even death can be there's a whole movement that's called a death positivity movement i'm just throwing that out there for anyone who needs Ooh. to have a little exploration around that if you feel like that's something that would help you um you know because if the end of a relationship or a job or even perfect health it offers in new opportunities to grow and to learn and mature. And that's what that chapter is about. Like the upside of endings and just, you know, how do you find the joy even in those circumstances? Um, Yeah. And so I love that. That's one of, one of the beautiful things of life actually is the endings. I love it.
0: In order to have a new beginning, you have to have an ending.
1: Absolutely. And that's just the natural cycle of things.
0: So I'm going to do this, but first I want to make sure that we get the information out. Go to and Scotland C or S C O T T. It's my middle name, by the way, uh, lin.com and get all of her information. And when she's going to be doing another retreat, you can do that. And uh, also go to positive talk radio, excuse me. Yes. Positive talk That's my site. I should mention uh, that you can go and find out a bunch of stuff about me and the show that we do. And, and we've got a minute and a half left. I wanted to give you the opportunity to say to our audience, anything you'd like them to know,
1: anything you'd like them to know, Okay, so I'm going to talk about joy and your favorite things. And I don't care if you remember that song from that old Julie Andrews classic Sound of Music about their favorite things. but It's a really good one if you're old enough to remember it. Um, one of the best things about bringing more joy into your life is becoming really conscious about what your favorite things are and what really brings you joy. For me, one of those things is dogs. It just is. I can't explain it, but it brings me such immense joy. Dogs, puppies, And so you don't always have to be with them to experience that joy. You can just sit sometimes, Eric in your car, (laughs) you can think about what are some of the things in your life that really bring joy to you, a memory that brings a smile to your face. Instead of practicing worrying about the next thing, try to spend more time remembering and physicalizing, bringing that joy and those emotions back into your body. So give it a try because it's really surprising how much it can kind of kickstart your joy
0: you're perfect you must be an actress or something you picked the, the, the correct amount of time
1: something like that
0: you did you did really well and by the way tomorrow morning when you get out of bed and you have your coffee and you do all the stuff you got to do and then you walk out of your house i want you to stop i want you to stop and look around and see what a beautiful place you live in and why it's going to be a great day for you that day Anne Scotland has been our guest. Go to anscotland.com. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Always a thrill to be here. Thanks for letting me share.
0: And we'll be back Friday and uh, be kind to one another because, you know, each other's all we got. We'll see you next time.